Hello, friends, and however you're listening to this episode of On Grace, we are super grateful and excited because at the table with the sugar and cream in the coffee of life, Ooh. Mr. Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter, there were, you can't see this because obviously this is all audio, but there were respectful and perhaps surprised nods at that uh, <laughs> homage. <laughs> Compared to some of the ones in the yeah, past, that, yeah. that, w- that I can take. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure whether I'm the coffee, I mean the cream or the sugar. but uh, You be the sugar, I'll be the cream. <laughs> I'll, let y'all, I'll let y'all decide on that. <laughs> well, at one point we were big-time wrestlers, so I guess we That's, could yeah. wrestle over that one. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> good to have you here, Wayne. It's good to be here. It's good really, here. really good. I was, telling you, Wayne. I was telling somebody uh, earlier with the chemo treatment yesterday, I also get a uh, IV of steroids. Nice. So for a day or so, I'm in pretty good shape. So he is Arnold today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Don't be messing or Indian wrestling with me today. And just like Arnold said, Wayne is back. That's yeah, right. <laughs> I'm back. I said I would be. <laughs> or was that somebody else? I'll be no, back. That was I'll tell him, yeah. That's all. Yeah, and, That's Arnold. And MacArthur, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> what is, yeah. One is uh, qualitatively probably a little more qualified <laughs> than the other. Uh, Wayne is back with his uh, Alabama his Al- Cup. Alabama Turp. However, I also have to confess, I made a fashion faux pas today, something I n- rarely do. I have on orange and blue at the same time. Ooh. See, I was going to ask you, so the, the national championship, uh, the, the, the final four, mm-hmm. Auburn played. Right. Is it acceptable for Alabama fans to cheer for Auburn? When Alabama is done and Auburn is continuing, or how does that, how does that work? Um, it's difficult when you have friends who are Auburn fans. But the if I were in Alabama, the answer would be uh, never, unimaginable, never, not acceptable, <laughs> no, no reason whatsoever. Um, but since I don't live in Alabama and I have some friends who are Auburn fans, then I I pull for my friends, but not for Auburn. Does that make sense? It sounds, it sounds like you should run for sounds office. Like <laughs> yeah. This, since, Good. This That's how I intended it. Since this isn't visual, we need to, JB and I need to say that, that we've never seen Wayne squirm quite as much as he did with that question. <laughs> it's obvious he was in, it's, it's in the, extreme discomfort. I have cancer, remember, so cut me some slack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that doesn't get you off the hook on this one. <laughs> hey, it's a good card. I've tried to play it every chance I can. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shoot! Well, last time last time we met, it was just me and JB, and we talked about. We tried our best. <laughs> we did, but it's going to be a better day because we got our brother Wayne back. But anyway, we talked about the idea that if it's hard for us to move the idea that God loves us from conceptual to actual or experiential, uh, think about the extremely young and the extremely old. They don't do anything. They don't produce anything but yet we absolutely adore them. And if we do that, how much more would God feel that way about us, even if our behavior is still not good? Because face it, the very old and the very young fill their pants often. We have to <laughs> clean them up. We have to call clean up an aisle, whatever. And, and, and yet back at youth group. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we, we still adore them, even though that's all they produce. And, and so our lives are much like that. We produce a lot of stinky things. And yet God absolutely adores us. And so the idea is if we can adore the very young and the very old, how much more would God adore us even when we're not producing good behavior and and maybe right. 
our lives aren't what we think they ought to be. And so then uh, it seems like a logical step to say, okay, so how would that translate into the way we treat each other? If this is about grace and about love, how does this translate? So if, if I'm listening to someone who's very young or very old, think about the babblings of a toddler or think about the mental meanderings of a, a senior who might have the onset of Alzheimer's or whatever, just a, a few words and we're hanging on them. We're like, what did you say? All we care about is knowing what they said, not what am I going to say or how am I going to get a word in here or how am I going to fix them? But instead, we're completely enamored and involved in what they're trying to say. Why do we just reserve that to the very young and the very old? Why Why is that? And this is not a guilt trip. It's just mm, exploring the possibilities. Right. So what if, put it that way, what if uh, eyeball-to-eyeball healthy encounters with people who can talk back, what if we started listening that way? What What would that? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's this, um, maybe the the problem is that we, we never really have understood what, how to define love, that um, that we really perceive it as a, some kind of marketable asset, like grace. Yeah. That I will give you, I give love to the people who make me feel good. Yeah. I give love to the people I agree with. I give love uh, to the people who appreciate me. Uh, what if love is not a... And a commercial exchange. Uh, it really is a gift that that recognizes worth or value in every person, young and old, and everybody in between. That that same sense of all yes. that we have for the very young and yes. the very old. The sense that there's something special about them, about those moments. And like, what if we believe that that's what love was? Uh, that sense of all in the presence of others um and and we and you talked about this earlier that we get away from that idea of uh god loves us if or or god loves us uh but there's some qualifier to that and and we do that you know uh, that love has that we have for people might if it could begin to take on the character that of the love that god has for us yeah um you missed um the, the previous podcast because you were in chemo, but the word that JB used was transactional. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I thought was really, really good. Perfect. It is. Uh, yeah. I, I was, well, you know, I wasn't trying to say it was better than yours, but it, it really yeah, was. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps a little bit that we're all shocked that Jason came up. We were so oh, shocked that Jason go. came up with something better than me. So. <laughs> there was a compliment hanging there, and yes. he yeah. snatched it. <laughs> But it, but it's it's almost got a nasty feel to it, transactional. Yeah, right. And I and I think we need to see it that way. That God must. It's like, oh come on. Yeah. I'm trying to give you this, and you're trying to pay me. Yeah. It's almost like an insult. Right. So transactional has this idea of. Right. And uh, we talked just before we started about uh, the prodigal son. This idea that God loved him at every moment in his life, not just when he was sitting at the house when he was a little kid. But when he was on the parkway leaving the house, 
when he was at the party in the ooh, distant ooh, country. Here it goes. And when he was in the pig pen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, miserable. They, JB and, is drooling at this point. He <laughs> loves alliteration. Well, we, we kind of worked together to get that before we started. <laughs> I didn't just come up with it. And then he was also... Uh, but we think that God loved him in that paternal reunion that they had on the street uh, when the father ran out to meet him and they yeah, yeah, hugged yeah. and danced. But that was what love was. But but God loved him at all those other yes. moments yes. just yes. as much without any ifs or buts or transactional feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I hope I'm not trying to. I'm just building on what you said. Go ahead. But people <laughs> tend to really get the idea. That love was expressed only at that reunion. Yeah, right. And it yeah. was expressed every day because the dad was out there waiting. Right, sitting on the porch, staring yeah. down the road. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's every every night. That was a lot. He thought about that every yeah. morning when he woke up. Yeah. He thought about that boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. And loved him just as much as he did before he left and after he got back. Yeah. There wasn't a moment when he would wasn't ready to. Slaughter the fattened calf and yeah. have a party. And I mean, we're invited into that. Mm-hmm. We're invited into treating each other that way and feeling that way about each other. Yeah. There's a, there's a there's a there's also a. You said this about a month ago. You introduced the idea that God has complete and absolute confidence. In the power of his love. Yeah. There's a there's a wisdom with that dad. My boy's going to be home. Yeah. yeah there wasn't some crapshoot. Hey, he might. Uh, don't know. You know, odds are that, you know. It was like, no, nah, my boy's going to be home. He's going. Yeah. I believe in the power of my love. And he's going to come to his senses. So he sits out there. And, and it's, it, maybe that cheapens the story. I don't mean for it to. But it's. When we're dealing with each other, it's so much different when we believe in the power of the love that we exchange with other people. Right. It and, and it's not life ceases to be. Well, I'll sh- I'll throw them some token affection. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Bible says to love, so I'm just I'll try that. Yeah. You know. Right. Shoot. You know. I'll plan B, plan C. I'll try. Right. But. I think that the idea is I'm absolutely and completely confident in the power of love that I'm going to express to this person. Yeah. And it, it may be clumsy. Right. Maybe awkward, but I believe in the power of it. Yeah. And I talked about this a little bit Sunday. We get caught up in the outcome or the result of our decisions or, or our actions rather than trusting the love that goes into those actions right. and those decisions. Trust the power of our of loving people yes even if we mess it up even if we make bad judgment calls or we don't foresee how this is going to play out but if we act in in that kind of love believe in the power of that love to accomplish things that we can't measure necessarily or see uh and accept the fact that we're gonna have to say i'm sorry sometimes and we're gonna get it wrong and it's gonna be awkward uh and clumsy but trust in the power of that love um, I thought about why you, when you're talking about God's love for us, um, and, and we've talked about this probably before too, in John, you know, at the end of chapter 13, uh, Jesus tells the disciples, you're going to deny me, you're going to betray me, you're going to run away, you're going to abandon me. And the very next thing he says is, don't worry about that, because I'm going to uh, make sure yeah. you are with me where I am. Yeah, I will come place. for you. Yeah. I'm preparing a place. 
And so, yeah, you're going to mess it up, but my love for you has a power yeah. that will make this happen. Nothing will separate me from you. Uh, nothing can separate us from that love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. And so all that stuff about denying and betraying, that's not a guilt trip. That's a, it don't matter. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. My love for you is so profound that yeah. I will, I go to prepare a place so that you can be with me where I am. Well, John kind of picked up that theme a little bit in his epistle when he said, you know, perfect love casts yeah, out fear. Right. It's it's like if you open up and let God love you, you stop worrying about your performance. You stop yeah. worrying about am I holding up my end of the transaction, right. Right. you know. Yeah. It's like there is there is no end to hold up. Yeah. And it really is, as we've talked about before, this idea, that, or for me at least, you, all, you have to presume because I can't convince myself in my mind. I can't talk myself into believing it. I just have to presume that God loves me unconditionally without transactional elements to it, without ifs and buts and qualifiers. He loves me if I do this, or he loves me but only so far. Uh, but I just presume that God is always, always, always going to love me. Yeah. And then live the life that that opens up, all the possibilities and the opportunities that that opens up to us. It sets us free from that fear of messing up and losing that love or, or losing our way even so much that that love won't pursue us and find us. I almost, but then I didn't, but I almost apologized Sunday night in Pathway because I was talking about God's love and I said, I know that after a while people start to think, is that all that you ever want to talk about? Yeah. And and it was like... <laughs> I do that on Sundays all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, yeah, because I talked about all the other stuff for 25 years in ministry, and it it's I couldn't live it, and, I, and you can't live it. But we can do this. We can be loved by God. And when we allow it, when we completely fall back on that, like we let go, it's almost like Peter walking on the water. I'm all in. Yeah. Let's let's just defy gravity. I'm going to fall into this, get caught up in the current. I'm mixing right. metaphors all over the place. But anyway, get caught up in the current of it. Then all of a sudden we realize we're living the life we always wanted to live. Right. Yeah. And we have nothing to do with it. Right. And yeah. you can't, it's so hard to convince people, just let loose. Turn loose yeah. of your grip and fall back in it and see what happens. Yeah. But when you see somebody do that, it's like, there, look at that one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think we keep saying it over and over because it's so hard for people to believe it. And then it's, it, in the beginning, it's really hard to hold on to it. It's to keep believing it. Yeah. Not to fall back into that yeah. performance and transactional. Um, yeah view of what God's love is. Yeah. So we have to keep telling each other. Is, is there a sense, and you guys have been at this church thing a lot longer than I have, is there a sense that you guys have encountered over the years or today that God's love is conditional on contribution? Like you're you're doing something, you're contributing yeah. to the church or the kingdom or whatever. Yeah. Or that God's love is conditional on contrition. Like you don't get it unless you're sorry or unless you oh, yeah. Um, yeah. have regret. Yeah, or yeah. yeah so there's there's always some sort of qualifier. Yeah. Religion has taught us that you that it's something we do that makes this happen. 
and it's it's exactly the opposite something we don't do we don't we just stop trying and people say that's apathetic and lazy and everything else it may be and like when wayne used the word presumptuous the first time he ever used it it i thought no we no that's we cannot use that word with god but it's dead it's spot on it's dead right that we just presume that god is who he says he is and we live that way but i, I mean i think what you said earlier about letting letting go i mean it it's it's sort of paradoxical in a way that you're you're letting go of the wrong thing so you can i want to say like you, know, you say grip and, and hanging on i mean like picture this white knuckle you know at the edge of, <laughs> edge of a cliff so i think you're you're letting go of the edge of a cliff so you so you can be embraced you know does that right. make right. sense yeah exactly right too, yeah 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 i think you do let go of something in order to connect with something else yeah and the paradox there is letting go of that thing i think like em- empowers you to be embraced by god which right. then empowers you to maybe not grip something else but embrace right it's like a kitten at the top of a tree. They are clawed into that thing. That's their safety. So it's keeping them from dying. This is, this is a great metaphor. Keep going. And then a fireman comes up with bigness of heart on the extension ladder, and he talks the kitten into trusting him, and it finally releases its grip, and he hugs it and, t- and brings it down, and it's in, it's safe now. It's loved. It's cared for. And you're, so it's it's not so much like you claw into one thing and then you turn and claw into another. It's it's like you turn loose of what you're clawed into and you accept the embrace of your rescuer. Is that good metaphor? That's Meow. <laughs> so close. <laughs> <laughs> it worked up until the last one. Thanks for being a part of this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been really blessed to hang out with Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen. Glad you've been a part of it, too.